0: Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. Um, Today, Alex and I are joined by uh, a friend that I have known for many, many years, uh, Amanda Stevens, who is actually a diversity and inclusion consultant who many people may know from kind of her work working most recently, I would say, I I think with the professor kind of doing, uh, was that for... Uh, Trans Lifeline was that the
1: charity recently? Correct.
0: Correctamundo. Sweet, didn't mess that one up. So we're off to a good start so far. Um, but um, Amanda is somebody that we had been talking to for a very long time about coming onto the Goblin Lore podcast. Uh, trying to find kind of the well, not only the right time and schedule, but also just a topic that really. Would highlight her skill set and just that she would want to talk about. Because um, I think the sign that Alex and I have said is really important to us is always that we're finding topics that work for people and not just we like this person so they should come on. It needs to be a relationship and something that works. So we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But before we get started, we just want to say thank you to Grinding Coffee Company, uh, somebody that we both are affiliated with, I believe, correct? Yeah, they are yeah. also my sponsor. Yeah, so that's pretty awesome. We we think, yeah, we're we're big fans. Um, they've been they, they donated even to one of the charity streams that we did for suicide prevention in September. Nice. Oh, we they're love them. Great folks. They really are, and I always say, tell people like it, it's not just like a oh they're one of our sponsors like it literally is ninety percent of the coffee I drink at this point. So, like, what's I, your favorite? I, um, either the bourbon, um, mm-hmm. or the the like the blue moon the Bali one.
1: Yo, you got to try The Gay Agenda. I, I, I actually have had The Gay Agenda, too,
0: which is just okay. fantastic. Were you involved with that at all? Or? No,
1: no. <laughs> okay. uh, I just, like, <laughs> woke up one day to my email being like, we have a new flavor. It's called The Gay Agenda. And I was like, all right,
0: that's what's happening today. <laughs> I, I literally bought it for other people. I bought some bags of that and just sent it to people. Like, so... um. Which was kind of a partnership with Women Gamers, which is, that's the reason I was like, hey, maybe yeah. a man actually got in on that. Uh, but Hello. yeah, so thank you, Grinding Coffee Company. Um, so so before we get started today, we're going to do uh, quick introductions and a question for the day. So the question is, what is like a sentimental or favorite piece of magic memorabilia that you own? And uh, we'll just, since you wanted to be Surprised by the question, we're not going to give you any time to think about it, and we'll let you introduce yourself first.
1: Hi, I'm Amanda Hi. Stevens. I am a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. Specifically, I work within the gaming and esports space. You've probably seen my work with the professor uh, as I've been on his channel, as well as work with him uh, coordinating trans lifeline charity efforts. I've also been on Spice 8 Rack. Talking about uh, trans lore and Magic the Gathering. Yes. As well as oh, I was awesome. just recently on the Spike Feeders podcast talking about how to make your local gaming environment more diverse, inclusive, and welcoming.
0: So, uh, this is something you would actually enjoy talking about. Oh, yeah, I do this guess.
1: all the time. <laughs> uh, it's literally what I do for a living. Yeah. And as far as a favorite piece of magic memorabilia of mine, I would have to say it is currently a Carador uh judge foil that I have that is signed by a judge. Um so the story behind that is for some of you who may or may not know, there used to be these things called Grand Prix. They're now essentially Magic Fests, although Magic Fests are slightly different. Um and when and the they judge- haven't happened
0: in forever except for I guess this yeah. upcoming weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah. And um As a judge, uh, my first judge event for GP, where I wasn't just like an add-on because there was a snowstorm and they needed (laughs) spare judges, was working GP Montreal. And uh, it was kind of a crazy event for me because last minute, because they knew I lived in upstate New York, they asked if I could come in that morning, uh, that Friday morning to judge. uh, Because there were some problems. Some judges were not going to be able to get in on time. And they're like, you live in Albany, which means that, like, it's theoretically possible for you (laughs) to get here last minute. Which is, in fairness, uh, the judge manager had given me enough notice that it was possible for me to, like, change my Greyhound bus and get in early enough. So I'm working my first Grand Prix, and they're like, hey, you have, like, a decent amount of... of a experience based on like what we looked at your on judge apps. Can you be a team lead for the fill in fires for people for the lap to like get their buys? And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. Never done this before. (laughs) Let's go. Got this. And it ended up being like a really stressful thing because I, while I was running these events, the TO changed the tables that were for, um, and some other stuff. So some of our deck lists got lost and we had to give the deck lists, uh, the winning deck lists to uh, coverage. And I got really stressed and uh, was just like uh, kind of broke down towards the end of my shift because like as I was doing the best I could as a as a relatively new GP judge. Uh, but there was a lot of things working against me and uh usually t o s will put on a judge dinner dinner at the end of the event as like a thank you to the judges and something that the European judges have brought over to the states uh is giving before we had something more formal called the exemplar program. You used to just get recognized by the team leads right a handful of judges would be recognized for their efforts during the g p and I was the last judge to be recognized for my hard work. Uh and rising to the challenge of both showing up really early and doing something that I'd never done before and doing it pretty well, as well as leaving it in a pretty decent enough place for the next shift. And so I got a carador because it was random cards from the judge packet. So
0: that's awesome. I
1: got a caridor. Yeah. It is signed by the head judge from that event. Uh, Why it is even more special is I had a really crappy interaction with uh, one of my landlords who had came into my apartment unannounced while I was sleeping uh, because we were going to have our fire safety inspection and went into my office area and just started cleaning and had thrown out my carador and my Simic GP Philadelphia pin, like the really nice one. Um, and I didn't realize it until the bag of the bag was already out in the trash and had already been collected. Uh, I was looking around the apartment and was like, wait, where's my pin? Wait, where's my carador? Cause I used to have it on my bulletin board in my office because, you know, both are very special to me. I'm very into Simic and obviously that card meant a lot to me. I didn't have the head judge on my Facebook and I posted, I was like, Hey, does anybody have a carador? A judge Foil Carador. It means a lot to me. This happened to me. And some of the judges from the event tagged the head judge, and uh he didn't say anything, and he mailed me an additional signed charidor. So it's That's now awesome. even more
0: precious to <sighs> yeah. me. Yeah. And so do you have a Carador deck then?
1: No, I have a uh Nethroy deck. Okay. okay. Uh because I my box promo was Beyonce. <laughs> uh, and I just own a lot of Abzan foils. It was like I'm just gonna build a deck with a bunch of Abzan foils, and if it's good, it's good. If it's not, it's not. And I was like, obviously, now I have a place for Carador because yep. uh, someone in our play group used to have like a very degenerate Carador deck. So you kind of can't walk into the table anymore with a Carador deck and expect <laughs> to be treated like not the archenemy uh just because of like <laughs> lifetime trauma um so obviously carador could not be the commander because i was uh, appreciating even though i know that i'm the arch enemy it doesn't yeah. mean that like i'm <laughs> signing up to
0: start the game as the right. arch enemy you don't need to advertise it to make yeah. it that notable yeah yeah that's fair well awesome that is a great story that's really cool so alex would you like to go uh, next
2: uh sure sure i'll go next and and thank you amanda for that because now a, it was a great story but also <laughs> it makes me feel better about the fact that i'm i'm gonna tangent a little bit in while answering this question because <laughs> I, I i guess that's my brand at this point so anyway alex, uh, alex. on twitter at just <laughs> once just chronicler. once you could answer um, the question <laughs> no well i am actually so here's the thing i i i that's kind of my brand. I have to answer the question sideways. Even the questions that I write, I then don't answer straight, but in, I, I'm, I'm a goblin. We're chaotic. We're red. That's a thing we do. So if I'm always doing the other thing, that's not chaos anymore. That's planned. That's order. That's, that's, that doesn't fit. So I'm going to answer it straight and then use that as a hinge to, to tangent. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say one of my favorite pieces of magic memorabilia I have is my, uh, playmat from um GP Orlando 2014. So this was the Dominaria Resort playmat. It's it's this Disney World style map of of a fictional uh, amusement park that doesn't actually exist but I, I wish it did. And it has so many references to magic cards on it from, from all through the years going way back to alpha stuff, all the way up to things that were pretty current at the time. And I, it was with a back when we used to have these events, you know, these mats would be revealed beforehand so people could plan. And this was the first um, event that I actually flew to. Uh, There was a, a, GP the previous year in Minneapolis that I, I stopped in a little bit, but I didn't spend a lot of time there. I didn't have a lot of friends in the magic community. I had my friends, who some of whom played magic, but none of them were that into it. So I, I went to Mag, uh, GP Minneapolis 2013, but didn't do much. But this when I saw this mat for Orlando 2014, I'm like, I, I need that mat. So that means I have to plan to go to this event, and I have to get that all figured out. And so that that was... A was just incredible. It was a, it was a lot of fun for me, but that was also the first year I started to do big events after um I had my social anxiety diagnosed. That was going to conventions, going to events like that were things that I'd always wanted to do, but I just knew that I couldn't and it just once that once I had that diagnosis and started to see a therapist about that and started to work through that, I I realized that the reason that I totally could, I could do these things. And so that year I went to several local conventions. I went to one in um, Baltimore because I have a friend who lives out in Baltimore and I started to go to conventions. This became a thing that I do. And so the tangent here is, is all of these conventions, I save my, my badge from it and you don't have entrance badges for, for GP. There's, there's some things, but if you just go to the floor to hang out and play with friends, there isn't that. So what I've done there is I, I've got every I've got a, the play mat from every GP that I've gone to and so this this whole collection of of stuff is kind of well it's I think of it as like my my trophies after um in my my fight I get not even a fight but it dealing with my anxiety this is something that I for a long time wanted to do and I never did it and I finally went out and started to do it so every one of these badges every one of these playmats is proof that i can do this it's proof that this is a thing that i can do and in fact like right now i'm staring at my wallpaper on my computer i i uh have a picture that i took last year where i, I laid out every playmat and every um con badge that i have and i just took that picture and that's been my uh wallpaper and I actually did this last year because this is among all the other reasons why you know the year of of covid and all the things going on were were rough for for me and everyone else but it felt like i was going back i was losing a part of myself because for so long going to these conventions was proof that i had made progress proof that i had made you know, I, I had moved myself in the direction that I wanted to go. After feeling like I was stagnating for so much of my life because of of my anxiety, and I couldn't go to any of those last year. I couldn't do any of that, and so in a, in a time without that, I I put this as my wallpaper as as a reminder that even if I couldn't go for a period of time, there this was something that I've done. It's something I'll get back to when I can, and it's safe. And so that's.
0: That's my tangent. I don't even know if that's a tangent. I that's think it's I actually think that was legitimately <laughs> I feel like that. You
1: set us up to be like, oh my god, he is just gonna talk about something completely nonsense. Yeah. yeah. And uh that wasn't that wasn't really a tangent. I think
0: I feel it was like you be like, oversold the situation there. Yeah, I was worried he was gonna be like it was this pencil that I own that's sitting <laughs> on my deck that I found after round twelve of <laughs> a you know, like something that was not actually even remotely hmm. magic related like that was actually that's yeah. the closest we've I mean, been to yeah you that, that I mean, was answering a question so,
2: alex so what so what i should have said is is my favorite magic related possession is the ticket i have from the las vegas airport slot machines for a dollar yes. 33 cents that i right spent my last yeah. five dollars yeah gp vegas 20 yeah, that's like the more believable tangent that's okay. where I
0: thought you were going. It was something that, just like
2: yeah. That that ticket that actually exists, by the way. That, that is in, <laughs> in the bag. <laughs> of of course, course it does. does. <laughs> all of my all my con badges. I I have them all in this in a double plastic bag that I have sitting next to my nightstand because that's my in case there's a fire. This is the one thing I save.
0: That's awesome. See, yeah, I I was really I was on edge. I was like, am I gonna have to cut stuff out? Like, what is he gonna do? <laughs> Well, you know. hi everybody. Um, I'm Hobskew. uh, pronouns, he, him, uh, can be found on Twitter at Hobskew. Uh, and for me, I had actually, so I, I was struggling to narrow it down, but, um, I think what I'm going to go with is, uh, I have two, no. Yes. I have two sets of thumbnails of Titus Lunter art. Um, so Titus was the first artist we ever had on the show. And, His earnestness, I think, was one of the things that really hooked me into doing the show and continuing with it. Just kind of the passion that he really had and the passion that he kind of like I'd always loved his art, but like getting to actually know him as a person, which is also something that I've come to do since we did that episode with him. And I ended up basically doing a trade where I got a bunch of cards from people in the States that he needed for a deck and did this like giant trade for magic thumbnails for temple of uh, malady actually that one and then uh one of his swamps from ravnica and i actually have them framed and up at my 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 big boy office va job where people just think that they look like pencil art and don't really know what they are um and i think for me just being able to have some sort of like magic piece that i can easily bring into a very professional work setting where people are still a little hesitant about nerdiness and being open about that stuff has just been something that to me has been really important. So, my answer felt way less cool than both of yours, I realized after I got going. But uh, hold on, like, every, every answer is valid. Uh, <laughs> and you, you, first of all,
1: you, uh, I, I asked for this <laughs> to have the hip shoot, but you were like the most memorable piece. So, like, <laughs> yes, I'm going, I, I have, I like, more low key stuff. But like you were like the most memorable and then you challenged me by being like, you know, we're not even giving you any time to prep. So I was true. like oh, I guess I have to go with like the best bullet in my gun at the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. It's something that well, I mean, that was also like Yeah, this is why we wanted you on the show. You are very eloquent and you like could just do these stories like that. I, I can't. What? I should this have been easy. thinking about this for like a week. And I didn't. I mean, <laughs> was... I get
1: paid to talk for a living, so this is like <laughs> kind of second nature at this point.
0: See, and I get paid to listen. Yeah, see yeah. how it works out. This is a pretty perfect relationship.
2: Uh, and I get paid to do neither. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's, there's, there's jobs that exist in between that continuum. That's yeah. it.
0: You're, you're the middle of the spectrum, Alex. So, Amanda, the reason we had reached out to you, I know that I have seen your presence and I've seen kind of even just shifts in it over the years um, online. You know, I mean, that's how I kind of first came to you was through magic and through, you know, just talking about magic, playing magic, kind of all of those elements. I remember you kind of when you were judging and. I don't actually know what your status is as a judge at this point anymore. So oh, I it's... am a Omega
1: Labs judge. Oh, okay, uh, I
0: thought so, but
1: like... I had I had some initial reservations uh, with the launch of the Judge Academy, um, especially with a uh, lack of transparency as to like where the dues were going. Um, and while I understand that, like, yes, things have dues. I think when you talk about like, you know, paying dues to be like a soccer referee, right? When you pay those dues, you don't really think about it too much cuz you're like, well, I, like I I pay to do this to like be able to be considered a certified soccer referee and uh there's no league out there where I will get to be a soccer referee and not have to pay dues to be in the league, right? Like it's just an accepted thing. I think when you're making a transition from something that was purely volunteership uh with no financial buy-in, uh not being super transparent as to like where the money was going uh was just a little too uh not something i was comfortable with uh as well as i just had kind of reached a point in my life where uh judging wasn't really judging and doing the magic grind and stuff was not really a healthy part of my life anymore
0: so yeah and that's i i can see that i mean especially thinking of your work with nonprofits in general usually a little bit of transparency especially for something like that would be wanted preferred preferred we'll use that word yeah so you know but you've you've been part of the esports gaming Mm -hmm. scene you've been part of the magic gaming scene you've also just been out there as 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 what your current role is but you know for nonprofit organizations and kind of trans lifeline and a a bunch of different projects and i remember us thinking about this for our show when we wanted to kind of increase the fact that we are two white males doing another magic podcast um
1: i've never heard of one of those before
0: right exactly (laughs) (laughs) neither had we that's why we started it of course oh man Yeah, we're we're novel. Um, But, you know, I mean, I think our our concern was, you know, how do we how do we do this? You know, how how do we move beyond just being another white male podcast? And that's a difficult discussion because we don't know. Right. We don't know what we don't know. Um, And I think your role is one of the reasons that we've had a lot of questions, not just, you know, like we even have asked people. Well, why would we want to talk to Amanda? And it it is because of that role. I mean, you offer diversity trainings. You offer consulting. Like, this suggests that it is something that people can learn and it's something that people can improve upon. But there's ways to do it. And I think that's what we want to kind of talk about today. Because I think a lot of people are concerned either, well, either people are doing things that end up looking like token support um or you know just doing it because they're hoping to get like well this is the trendy thing to do or this is what I'm supposed to do and as we've heard in the magic community it's like oh there's been a you know like cool 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 let's have a lot of talk about this after some big event happens like the killing of George Floyd and then 6 months down the road those same people who made all these statements and comments are back to just complaining about the new secret layer and that's the depth of it um So I was hoping that you might be able to tell us a little bit about like what your role is and like how that plays a part. And I think, unless I'm incorrect on this, that you've talked about the fact that that content creators should reach out. They should be having a consultant. They should try to do something if they want to make these changes.
1: Yeah. So I think one of the first things I I always uh, say, no matter where I'm guesting or where I'm talking, is that, you know, a lot of times, and we saw this on the on the Spike Feeders podcast uh, episode where somebody was like, somebody misinterprets, and people do this purposefully every time, even though I never use this language, that I'm saying that you should have blank person and blank, you should hire blank people because they're blank, or you should have blank people on your thing because they're blank. That's never what I say. I say that if you're looking... Four ways to be more inclusive, meaning your actual goal is to be more inclusive, to be more diverse. Then, yes, you have to purposefully have people who are different than you on your show. You have to have people who are different than you working at your store. You are a reflection of your community and your community is a reflection of you. A great Magic the Gathering example is that for most Magic play groups that I've ever been a part of, there isn't a lot of mass land destruction. Why? <laughs> because nobody <laughs> likes games just being <laughs> arbitrarily made long. But there's no rule in Commander that says that you can't have mass land destruction in your deck, there's no ruling commander that you can't twin cast a plow under, but it's just genuinely frowned upon in most play groups, and so it's a self sort of regulating thing, right? We all choose not to put those cards into our decks, and therefore, because we do that, we sort of force everybody else not to do it, right? because then you kind of get looked at as like the weird guy. Who likes yeah. to play mass land destruction? Yeah, <laughs> and you never want to be the weird guy, right? Well, so <laughs> so the the point of this analogy that may or may not work for you is that <laughs> if you're saying to yourself, "Man, I really wish my store had more female Magic players," I just you know I know that they exist. I, I see on Twitter uh, that it's a problem. You know, man, I really wish I could I could have more female magic players in my store. Well, a good way to let women know that your store is a a, a good space to be in would be having female employees. And and how do you hire female employees? You hire them. Which means <laughs> that you actively look for them. Right? It's like it's like when companies reach out to me and they're like, "How do I have more black employees?" And I'm like, you hire more uh, black people. Right. And they're like, well, yeah, but how? And I'm like, by hiring them. <laughs> and they're all, they, everyone always looks at me really confused in these situations. Like, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I feel like there's like a, a step I'm missing here. Can you please explain to me how I'm just like, not grasping this. And I'm like, you know, that thing where people are like, oh man, you, you know, pff, affirmative action. Well, like, do you, do you know why colleges, uh, have more than zero percent minorities because affirmative action exists, because they purposefully make sure that they enroll minorities. So if we take that same logic that if we're making sure that our school is diverse by purposefully making sure that we have diverse students, logic and reason would say that we should do the same thing in our hiring practices. Shock and awe, my friends. Uh, And similarly, it's the same thing for like, how do you get people into your store or into your playgroup? Actively ask for it, right? One of the things that I think is really great is either having Planeswalker for diversity events or having Lady Planeswalker Society events or maybe doing a ladies' night. Uh, I've made a lot of my local, uh, a lot of some of my uh, really good local female friends are from uh, one of our local comic book stores used to do uh somewhat regular ladies' night. And it was Friday night uh, after the store was closed. Uh female, female identified, and non-binary folks uh were only welcomed in the store. Only the female staff was staffing the store. The store owner would actually sit outside the store and welcome people in. He would not come in unless it was to like use the bathroom. Um there were arts and crafts, there was raffles uh everything in the store was on a discount and guess what for a while that was like the store that a lot of women went to because like we were shown one hey there are a bunch of other women that shop here and two oh hey like look at what this guy is doing like he's he doesn't have to sit outside his own store uh in 20 degree weather to make sure that it's only women in the store right he could have he he could be in the store it's his his store right we all know him but it's like those extra miles, right? And so I hate to say it, folks, but a lot of you who are like, you can't do that. You can't, uh, you can't, you can't just like only have women in events because, uh, that, that's sexist. Well, right. You're exclusionary
0: if you do that part.
1: It's like, yeah, but like, if you recognize that there's a problem, right? Like if you look at your FNM and you go, huh, there's no women at my FNM. Weird. Then, like, what is your solution? What is your version of the solution, right? Like, I, I, I honestly ask for this in comments, uh, in tweets. However, you interact with this show, uh, and you are a bad faith actor. Maybe we end up on free MTG. Um, honestly, <laughs> tell me those okay. <laughs> how you get people who aren't the regular people already attending your way of playing Magic, whether that's Modern Knight, Pauper Knight, uh, Pioneer, Commander, FNM, Legacy. Tell me what your version of getting more people into the store is. Tell me without explicitly reaching out to those groups because I'm going to be very honest with you. Whatever method you tell me that isn't expressly reaching out to those people is a lie.
0: I think it's because like we're talking about like the environments that we are in are the environments that shape us, and I can think about the fact that when I got onto Twitter back in 2010, all of a sudden I started seeing that there were a lot of female Magic players. Um, I did not know there were that many female Magic players because they weren't in my stores, right? They weren't they weren't showing up to play. Um, the store wasn't doing anything to actively recruit them to play. I mean, they're just, you know, you'd, you'd see the odd female player here and there, but the environment wasn't really set up that it was explicitly, like you're saying, trying to welcome people that were different than whoever was already going to go into the store.
2: Yeah, and, and if that's the only environment that you sort of have, that doesn't really change. Unless, as you're saying about it, you specifically go out of your way to change it. As a sort of, I think this might be analogous, to shift it in an entirely different thing in, in context. Like I do a lot of reading and I realized for a while, the only things I was reading were for men. Like basically the only writers are like men and almost all white men. And it's like, okay, then I had to vary for a number of years, very specifically set goals. Like 50% of the books I have to read are women, 50, you know, just setting percentage goals so that I forced myself to go outside, find new authors, go outside of the normal little thing, because there's good resources and things that'll help you. You read these books, try these, but that sort of self references well, I've messed that word up, creates a self referential thing where you're kind of doing the same thing in a circle, things that are close to close, close to what you've already done. So by forcing myself to go outside of that, I start to find new authors. Then I find authors like those authors who are different from the authors that I've been reading. And it Opens up a whole lot of things, and I think this is a similar thing. If you want people, female players, you want you know uh, players of color, people who are different than the people you have in your store. If you don't go out and do it, like specifically go for those people, you're you're not going to change the environment that you have.
1: Yeah, and I think like to 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 be clear, uh I'm also not saying every store has to be a technicolor dreamcoat. Um, you know, every store has to, you know, be as, you know, the people want to say woke or whatever. Um, if your the store people. likes to use foul language, right, for example, right? You like yeah. to curse. You know, a lot of us who play Magic are and probably most of the people who listen to this podcast, I'm going to guess, are probably over the age of twenty. Uh, you know, the age that we consider somewhat of the, the respectable age to start cursing. Um if 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 y'all want to curse cool but if you're like huh it's really weird that we have no kids in our store well come on fam maybe parents don't come into the store and they hear you use a lot of swear words and they're like i'm not leaving my like 12 year old in the store right like it's it's just more of like uh, like maybe maybe i'm just like different built different but the way that i look at it is that like it's like a logical way of looking at it if you want more kids in the store you probably want your store to be an atmosphere that parents are going to leave their kids in most parents aren't going to leave their kids in a store with a bunch of 20 to 30 something men that just use foul language the whole time
2: yeah and it's it's like Wouldn't that, like it, that, 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 that just makes sense mm-hmm. and and i th- i think a, a lot of times if if someone asks you know they're like well how do i do this they're, they're they're looking for what's step one of what I go and do. And it's, and it's like, well, step one, it sounds like should be, you should first examine yourself. Like, what are you trying, or your store, or your, you know, what is it that you are trying to do? Then we can say, okay, now you go out, and if this is your goal, so you want more kids in your store, what is it that we're doing? We have none. Something is causing us to have no kids, what is causing this? Yeah, and because the, the,
1: what ends up happening, and you're, you're extremely right, Alex. Uh, in a lot of these situations, people just want a quick fix. They want me to tell them, um, oh, have a children's day. Or, oh, they say, like, you know, is it the type of stuff we're selling? And it's like, no. A lot of times, it's just the active environment that you're cultivating. And that's true of your store. That's true of your podcast, your discord, your spell table group, whatever it is, if you're, if you're considering yourself a open, uh, group, right. Not just, you know, you and your four college friends that you always play, you know, commander with, right. Or you always play emperor or star or whatever the format is. Um, and you I'm appreciating how deep you're going
0: on some of these, uh, formats, by the way. (laughs) We emperor, star. I heard pioneer. I mean, I, I do appreciate that. I'm sorry. I just, it's, it's. I love it. Uh,
1: but like, w- what I'm trying to say is that if you want these type, if you want to have an open group, you you gotta one not just say, well, oh, we're an open group. That's like opening a store. Here, I got a better example. Let's not use a store. You are a taco truck.
0: Ooh. Now Everyone got likes pensions. tacos. Yeah, right? yeah. Most people you like tacos.
1: Pensions. All right, cool. <laughs> you're a taco truck. You're a taco food truck. But you have no signage on your truck that you're a food truck. No, no, no anything that says that you're a food truck. Uh, you don't have an open flap for where you serve your customers. Uh, it is a thing, it is a sliding door. And you just sit in your truck all day. How many customers do you think that food truck's going to get?
0: I mean, when I see a truck like that, I automatically assume tacos. But, you know, that's a probably poor assumption on my part.
1: But right? Like, if you saw a van.
0: Yeah.
2: That's what I'm That just had yeah. no signage. Yeah. Someone's just sitting in their van. They're waiting for someone to come close so they can pull the door open. And <laughs> everyone just scatters as soon as the door comes open. Because they look right they're about to be so how do you how does
1: the taco truck owner get people to realize that he has a taco truck could it be that they write the words taco truck on the truck could it be that they have some form of ventilation that lets people know that oh wait i smell tacos could it be that instead of sitting in the driver's seat kind of sketchily (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're actively visible to potential customers in a way that tells them that you are making tacos. No, that's too woke. I'm sorry. Obviously <laughs> that no, it can't be that because if you're, if you're a taco truck and you're a good taco truck, people will just
2: come to you regardless. Yeah. They'll, they'll know that you're a good taco truck without interacting with you in any way, shape or form.
0: They won't just beforehand. assume that you're not they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you're a taco truck.
1: Isn't it interesting how these analogies don't work when you apply them to anything other than diversity? Yeah. Let's use I a don't... doctor's office. You broke your arm. <laughs> right? You call 911, you're like, I'm an idiot, I tried to show off to my daughter that I too can do a back handspring, and um, my back was involved, but also my broken arm. (laughs) And they're like, alright, we're gonna send somebody to your location. A black van pulls up to your house. You have bones sticking out of your arm. You're bleeding profusely. Are you just gonna walk up to the black van to find out if these are the EMTs?
0: I'm waiting for them to get out of the car with their sunglasses and their earpieces on to let me know that they're EMTs.
1: (laughs) Right. Like, again, it's some of you who are like the the people in the pulpit that we're preaching to are like, well, this is really far fetched. But it's literally the arguments that we hear all the time about how we actively create diverse environments is, oh, you know, literally I, there is a comment on the Spike Feeder podcast that says, you know, I find it racist that you're saying that we should hire black people or do events for people of specific ethnicities. It's like, okay, but if they're not there, how do you get them there? Apparently, just being a game store isn't creating that environment, right? Like, let's let's be honest with ourselves. That if we're not, if we don't have that environment, and just doing X, right? Just being a van with that can make tacos, just being a van that happens to have EMTs in it, doesn't seem to inspire a lot of confidence in people. how else could we tell them that we have dope tacos or that we're EMTs? Well, maybe we could actually drive an ambulance and maybe we could have sign on our truck that lets them know that we're not sketchy people trying to kidnap folks
0: yeah I mean I think of it even just from like where I've seen efforts made it my job to hire you know we're we're in Midwest Minneapolis. And they wanted to hire people of color uh, to work at RVA and they weren't getting people to apply. And so it was always kind of these, well, we just need to be an environment that people want to come to versus <laughs> are we actually like actively recruiting people to apply here?
1: Do so you know how you can get black people to apply to things? How? You want to you guys want to know how you get black people to apply to things? This is actually really cool. Okay. So this, is, this is the secret sauce. Okay. All right. so, and this is one that, like, I'll actually, like, be, re- be very serious about. All right, so a lot of people think that job fairs are, like, these amazing things and that, you know, everybody goes to job fairs, and to an extent, they're correct. Uh, sh- show of uh, Simic is the best color, uh, <laughs> did your college have career fairs, Simic is the best color? Alex? I honestly don't know. <laughs> Hobbs? Uh, no. Not your, really. None of your college. Wow, weird. All right. So I guess because I went to like a, a public college, a state college, we had career fairs. Um, so this is, this analogy is already off the rails. I tried to get you both to say civic is the best color. Correct. None of this is
0: working. Um, all right. I mean, I'm sure and, they had that, but like, it was not okay. how most people were finding jobs in my experience.
1: Okay. So like, I'm thinking about this from like the recruitment standpoint. I've I've worked uh, I've worked with a lot of HR divisions uh, as a consultant. Um, And they'll say, oh, you know, we go to college career fairs, right? Like we, we, you know, this X school is diverse, right? So we we figure if we go to this diverse school, we'll have diverse applicants. So so here's the problem. Most college campuses are only 6% Black, 4% Black, maybe 8% Asian, 12% Asian, 7% Hispanic. Out of like fourteen thousand kids, is that a lot of people?
0: No, not at all just...
1: and and here's a crazier thought, just just putting it out there of that percent, let's say black you know three percent, which is very generous for a lot of college campuses. Do you think all of them are psychiatrists
0: no they're they're not. maybe the numbers so... go down even further.
1: Right, right right so let's yeah. say you're the va and you went to the most diverse campus in your area right most diverse and you you set up shop and you're at the psychiatric career fair
0: you, yep to, how, We're how, many, be hopeful how many people
1: to one how, or how two many, people how many black people do you yeah. realistically using just numbers right because people like to find other ways to argue with me so we're right. literally just using
0: we we'll base, base rates searchable base numbers yeah
1: right you're not gonna yeah. get that many people and even if even if you know all fifty psychiatric services majors right go to this career fair all all fifty black ones, the chances of them looking at your specific Company is just slow. Right? That that's just how things work, right? Now, imagine you reached out to a bunch of HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. What's the black makeup
0: of an HBCU? (laughs) I hear it's a little higher. You know, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I I hear it's like above eighty percent. Okay, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So
1: so of those of that 80%. How many of the psych majors are black?
0: Right. All of them? 80%?
1: Probably. <laughs> like like right? right? Probably around like 80 to 90%, yeah. which means that if you're if you're a social work company and you want black social workers and an HBCU near your university Near your business has has a social work program, huh? Wouldn't I get eighty percent applicants being black just by reaching out to them?
0: Yeah, um. for like, like forget job pairs. It, like just wow, that's just weird. How about we just send listings to actual listservs that we know are associated with an HBCU.
1: Yeah. Wild concept. So when I say, you know, hire black people, I don't mean, oh man, every white person who applied, we're just not going to look at their application. It's shorthand. And I used to think that like people were capable of like doing the like, not logic leap, but like logic stumble (laughs) to the conclusion, which is that. You make sure that there are a significant amount of black applicants because it's a lot easier to hire somebody of a certain group if you're reaching out to that certain group. And let's not use ethnicity. You are looking for social workers with an expertise in substance abuse. Wouldn't you reach out? to universities and graduate programs and peer review papers that specialize in substance abuse to find those applicants? You wouldn't reach out to PTSD people if you're looking for experts specifically in substance abuse. Yes, they probably have some of the qualifications, and experience but they might not so then when you get someone who you hired and you find out oh wow you're like not as versed in you're not any more versed in substance abuse than i already am huh how did that happen
0: right if only somebody could have seen this coming right oh well we'll get them next time
1: for those of us listening to the podcast and you're gonna hear this from me a lot i take the absurdest arguments that I hear, and I apply them to things that have nothing to do with race, to ethnicity, to gender, to sexuality, to faith. And I apply them to things that are pure statistics. If you want to hire people who have a specific skill set, you are going to reach out to people with that specific skill set. If you're looking for, if you are a mechanic shop and you really need somebody who's very good at putting wraps on a car, you are not going to reach out to somebody to a bunch of people who are really good at working with engines. You are going to talk to other people who put wraps on cars. You're gonna say, hey, are you able to do freelance work? Or hey, can you recommend people who are experienced in putting wraps on cars? You're going to specifically put that in your job posting that you are looking for people who can put wraps on cars you were going to say that while this is an overall open position to work at the mechanic shop we are really (laughs) desperately (laughs) needing people who can put wraps on cars right like and it sounds comical when you take those arguments and you apply them to things that aren't diversity
0: yeah
2: right Mm -hmm. but that's why it's absurd Mm
1: -hmm.
2: that's that's kind of the point it's it's supposed to be farcical because that's how you kind of get people out of their their head i I, I hope yeah and so i know that this became a
1: very long-winded part to just a first question and i don't know how long your podcast usually runs because i I listen sparingly
0: that's Uh, fine Sorry if this
1: is the entire podcast was this one answer
0: I mean it it could be whatever it is. We have been known to split episodes if need be. But Um, this is this is
1: really the be all and end all to diversity. It doesn't get much simpler than this. If you wanna have more trans friends, you try to look for more trans friends. If you wanna have more female judges, you are going to actively look for female judges. And in the eventuality that there are no female judges in your area why not ask female players in the area if they've ever had aspirations to be a judge? And if anybody replies, yeah, but I can't afford the judge dues, what if you just paid the dues?
0: I mean, everything you're saying, it's it's this idea that there is an intentionality. People want this to be... I mean, I think people do want it to be...
2: Yes. So Bolo, they want a couple easy steps where it's I do this, I do that, and then it's... But this easy. is a simple so, step. That's the the, the, the they, funny... The, 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 the,
1: the, the comically it's, it's, funny part of uh-huh. this, and not to cut you off, Alex, oh, no, no, is, you go that, is that what people don't realize is that creating diverse and inclusive environments is really, really easy, but it doesn't involve doing nothing. And what a lot of people think it is is, oh, we change our store policies, right? Well, it's like I mean, did you look up store policies when you were looking for your first car shop <laughs> oh it's uh it's a uh, having a cleaner store did did you did you look up having a clean store when you were when you moved to an area like when I moved up here. I made friends who played Magic. I hadn't played Magic in years. I still had, like, 60-card table decks, and this was before the advent of EDH, right? We're talking, like, 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a group of friends, and one day they said, hey, you you like Magic, right? And I went, yeah, you know, I haven't played in a minute. And they're like, we're doing an eventide draft. And I was like, yo, I haven't drafted since I was a kid. That sounds cool. So we we did a draft, and, you know, then we started playing 60-card casual at the guild which was the gaming club and then some of them said hey you know we're going to the shards of alara pre-release and i would never been to a pre-release ever in my life and i was like what's that they're like oh you get to play with the cards of the new set before it's technically out and i was like yo that that sounds amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're like all right bet we're gonna go to this store called flights of fantasy and i went what's that and they're like oh it's like a store that's like not that far from here Uh, not that far for, for skinny people is a 50 minute walk. Um, (laughs) I I am not a skinny person. So, uh, I I challenged the logic of not that far from here, but anyway, um, it was a cool place. Like there was cats in the store. I was allergic, but I, I still like cats. So I was like, Ooh, this is kind of cool. They had really cool books because they were a bookstore and game store. Uh, all the staff was really nice. Um, you know, everybody who I met was, for the most part, pretty nice. I mean, like, you know, every store kind of has their, their scumbags and their trade sharks, but it's whatever. You kind of, kind of, that just happens, right? Um, and it was a cool experience. So, guess what? I, I, I came back. I didn't pick Flights of Fantasy because the name was Flights of Fantasy. I didn't pick Flights of Fantasy because they had a pretty robust store policy, which they did, without me even being a part of it. I didn't pick it because it was a. I knew it was a clean store. Cool people I knew went to the store. But if the cool people at your store aren't creating an environment that somehow gets women and minorities and marginalized communities into your store, then you got to do something else, right? I feel like it's just that simple. You you gotta have a Planeswalkers for Diversity night. You you, yeah. you you gotta. You're a podcast. You're one of the like seven thousand Magic the Gathering podcasts. You probably are listening, and you probably have a podcast that has five listeners, and you know it's just you and your friend. And you're like, man, I'm, We're two. We're two straight people. You know, maybe we should. We we want some like queer Magic player perspective. There's a ton of queer Magic people on Twitter. You know what you could do? You could do. Hashtag MTG. You know, I'm do, I I do uh, Simic is best guild podcast, and you know we really <laughs> want to have
0: a your person. Wow, you on know our I show. didn't realize that this is what the agenda was for this podcast. Uh, I didn't know you came in with your own agenda, so that's good. To I know do. Know this, it's like, the it's Simic a trans agenda. <laughs> um, but you come in and you you
1: you say, "Hey, I'm looking for," and then maybe right? You were like, oh man, I don't have a lot of followers. My followers don't have a lot of followers. I don't know if this is really going to get out there. You, you reach out to some creators, you know, you're listening to this show you reach out to Hobbs and Alex. Maybe you're a fan of the professor. Maybe you're a fan of, you know, Jason Olt from Brainstorm Brewery. Uh, Maybe you're a fan of uh Alex Kessler of, uh, what is it? Masters of Modern. Um, Maybe you're a fan of Joey Schultz from Trek, right? You reach out to these creators and you say, hey, you know, I I really, I I do this show and, you know, I've I've realized it's not really diverse. Uh, You know, I'm hearing all these conversations on Twitter. I'm, you know, I see these discussions on Reddit. I I see the comment section and I don't want to be part of the problem. I, I I want to do what everybody's suggesting I do, but I just don't have the reach. I'm going to be really honest with you. You say that to literally any medium to big size content creator in Magic, especially the ones that I just named, they'll either recommend people to you or they'll retweet you. And somebody will see it. How do you think I end up on like most of the stuff I end up on? <laughs> I don't make Magic content anymore. Like I don't distinctively make Magic content on a regular basis. No.
0: No, I you mean magic to, content yeah.
1: in, in the sense that I'm on a lot of magic shows.
0: Right. But you you, I mean, you used to be much more of a magic content creator at one oh, point. Oh yeah. Pfft. I way, mean way 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 long time way. ago.
1: But like uh, it it just involves asking. It just involves figuring out you're you want more queer people to be involved in your spell table night group. Maybe you you've got a Discord and it's like 10 people you know and you guys do spell table twice a week. And you're like, "You know what? I kind of wish that we had that you know, we think we're kind of open, but you know, we don't really have a lot of gay people or trans people that come to play magic with us and you know, I wish we did. Did you know that there's a lot of ways to search for Discord servers of specific types? No. You can put tags. Yeah, you can tag your Discord server um and so like you can type in we are magic. See if anything comes up. Then you join the server and you're like, hey, you know, I hope this is okay with the rule set. And, and, you know, maybe you also read the rule set. I was going to say, but, uh, <laughs> but please, then you go, please, please. You go, Start hey, there. you know, Start there. <laughs> me and my friends, you know, we have, a, we have a bi-weekly spell table group. And we realize that, you know, even though we're allies, we don't have a lot of queer friends, and we really would like to have more queer friends. Would anybody want to join our spell table game on Wednesday? What do you think is gonna happen if you try that? Do you think they're just gonna like laugh at you? Do you think you're like gonna get bullied? Maybe nobody I... says yes because you're like new to the community. Yeah. But after yeah. a while, people are going to be like, Oh, yo, Misha? He's a cool dude. I'm gonna I want to play magic with Misha and their friends. That actually sounds like a good night. How do you think? Like I, no joke, I literally stopped making magic content and doing anything with the broader magic community in 2016. Um, I still had obviously magic followers on Twitter. I still followed magic people, but I wasn't making content. I wasn't judging. I wasn't playing professionally. I wasn't playing as a grinder or a semi-pro, whatever you want to call it anymore. I had super divulged myself from Magic. I would sold most of my collection. Do, do you know how I got back into to Magic? I was just talking to people, right? I just was replying to tweets. I was just sharing my thoughts. That's how Shibum started following me. That's how I became friends with the Professor. That's how I became friends with, you know, Olivia and Tappy Toe Claws. It had nothing to do with... Oh, I'm some like big rock star. I'm not. It's not. Oh, uh, Amanda's an amazing magic player. We just have to have her on the show. I'm pretty mediocre. It was because I'm. I try to make myself a very personable person. Um, yeah, I can be a little spicy. Yeah, I have some uh opinions about you know the best color in magic um that some people may agree with i think oko was never a problem um you know <laughs> and the people who like that invite me to be a part of their play groups and it's the same thing for y'all it's not hard to expand your horizons you know alex said something really great at the start of the show uh very long long time ago where alex <laughs> said that he realized that he only read male authors and so the way that he solved this was he set a goal for himself. That's all it is. You acknowledge that there is something that you want to change in your life and you make some motion to do it better. Maybe you want to exercise more. So you say, you know what? I'm going to walk from one corner to the other corner today. And you did that and you're like, man, that, that wasn't so hard. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And then maybe next week you say I'm gonna walk two blocks back and forth. Do that for a couple times. You know you're really out of shape. You know you've been you've been hitting up Grubhub too much. Uh, you know you sit and play too much Final Fantasy 14. I I don't know who I could be talking about. I was like, it I was like... A certain it could be a certain simic mage. <laughs> Not real world diversity,
0: equity, and inclusion for a living. This um, is another analogy. y'all. just don't worry well, about it. Don't worry you about know, it.
1: Baseless analogy, but you know, and then like eventually you keep expanding, right? And and now you've now you're you know you're like Hobbes, right? You're posting like twenty five mile Twitter statuses <laughs> yep. every day. I know Talk that's not how home. much you want Hobbes, but to somebody who is extremely out of shape, that's what it feels
0: like. Well, it, I, <laughs> I mean, one of the things that I I think about that I'm hearing from you is. It's doing the work and it is, I mean, it is to start doing it and it doesn't mean that you started out by like, and I think this is the tendency. I think that what we've seen is there's sometimes a tendency and we could talk about the idea of white fragility and just the awareness and when it comes to racial identity um, to then overcompensate. And it's like, I have to do all of this stuff at once and I have to just never make a mistake and I can't say the wrong thing. It's going to be awkward. There's no point in doing it um, versus just have somebody on the show, okay? See how it goes, okay? Start actually, as you're saying, try to make those relationships. Go to a Discord and make friendships and don't do it for like, haha. this is going to get our numbers to be better and some metric or whatever you're using it for. If this is something that is truly what you're interested in and something that you are committing to, you have to commit.
2: It, it, it's like, you know, every year and we're getting toward the end of the year. So this is going to be a conversation. I'll come back up again, but it, it's like uh, the, you know, the the problem with the sort of the traditional model for new year's resolutions, where a lot of people will say, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this thing every day. I'm going to not, you know, I'm not going to st- smoke it all or i'm not going to do i'm going to walk this amount of every day or something they set a a large goal and then the third day they miss it and it's like well nope i guess i'm done i'll start i'll try again next year and it's like that's not you know what my new
1: year's, year's year. resolution has been for the last 3 years it's real simple i want to make 5 people smile every year
0: yeah.
1: you know and, how i and- do that it's real simple. Oh, hey. You know what, Alex? This is my first time interacting with you. You seem to be a genuinely empathetic individual. And honestly, you have a very good voice for podcasting.
2: Thank you.
0: I bet you're smiling right now. <laughs> I literally heard the smile. <laughs> like, you can, right? Like- yeah. Did Did I have to blow smoke up his butt? He
1: has said some extremely empathetic things on the show today. And... Considering that this podcast has been going on pretty long, I'm, I'm going to guess that there are people that agree that Alex has a pretty good voice for podcasting. I don't... Now, what my real goal is, I want to make the world a better place. That That's what people will do for their New Year's, right? You know, they do these, they, they pick these huge goals. If more people smile, more people are in a better mood. If more people are in a better mood, they're more likely to be more empathetic to other individuals. If they're more likely to be more empathetic to other individuals, they're more likely to help other individuals. If they're more likely to help other individuals, they're actively improving other people's lives. So if I make you smile, you are more likely to have an impact on somebody else's day that is positive. What is that? Making the world a better place. Everything starts with just a small piece of effort. Walking to the other corner of your block as the start of your fitness goal. Joining a discord of people different than you. Going to synagogue if you're Christian. Going to temple. Going to church. If you want to learn about other things, if you want to be better, to do better, to learn more, it doesn't just come to you. You don't say, I want to learn Spanish and then never pick up Duolingo or talk to people who speak Spanish or, you know, pick up a Spanish textbook, right? That doesn't teach you Spanish. You, you, you got to open up at least something. It's the same thing with everything else. Just a small piece of effort. And maybe you're not fluent in Spanish in a month. Or half a year. Or a year. Or five years. But I bet you, comparatively to the day that you said, I want to learn Spanish, you know, way more Spanish than you did that day. Alex, do you now only read male authors? No. Would you say you maybe read about two books by female authors in a year? I uh,
2: substantially more than that. But definitely is it is it higher it, than the number that you made the the concerted effort? Definitely higher than the number when I when I decided to make that effort. Hobbs, did you start walking like 5 miles at the start?
0: No. No. No.
1: But are God, you walking no. more than you did when you decided
0: to exercise more? Yeah, I mean, yes, every day could be. It's yeah, and well, I guess not every day. Once again, I'm gonna have good days and bad days. But you're right? walking more than the day that you decided to walk. That over. I was going to do it. It's the show. We made a specific mission that we were going to have more creators not like us. Since we have done that, we have had more creators not like us.
1: And so, folks. If anything to learn from today, or any future time that you see me, it's always going to boil down to this. It is one simple, purposeful effort is all you have to do. That first step, or that first stumble, yo, I my deck score is not very high. I've been known to trip over air. <laughs> Guess what? I still self-propelled myself further. Than when I tripped. I I forgot this isn't a video show, so you're seeing me put my hands in the air dramatically like you see? If it makes um, you feel any better,
0: we just finished doing a whole series covering Jay's legendary, like, visual guide to
1: <laughs>
0: legends of the multiverse yeah. on an audio only format. And there were literally <laughs> times where Alex and I had the books open. You could hear us. And we're like, oh, and this art is amazing, yeah. you all. We, like, you can't we, see it. We hit four three, three four. episodes on that. Three episodes off of a visual a visual guide. But I think, but yeah, you know, I think, yeah. I
1: think, I think that's, that. I could say a, a thousand things more. Um, I could go into, you know, really technical terms and use a lot of the language that I use the, when I talk to people who have similar careers as mine. Even talk to people who have careers like Hobbs because you know we're adjacent to each other. Definitely um, adjacent. Um, but that's not what you're here for. You probably saw my name on this. You've seen me do something with one of the creators I listed at the beginning of the show, and you're like, "I, I want to learn more." Well, today you did. Today I broke it down long-windedly to a very
0: simple format, and I think from our perspective and. You know, I just want to thank you again because this is something I—I mm-hmm. I even said this online today. This is something I personally have been wanting to have this conversation. When I asked people in our Discord about like having you on, there definitely is these concerns that people have that I think can keep them from starting. Um, and a lot of it is just concerns about how they're going to come across, or or not wanting to just be—they're—they're they're afraid of tokenizing, or there might be the yeah. concern that it's going to be awkward and. You know, it may be awkward. I mean, we've had some episodes on here where Alex and I have stumbled. Um, yeah, I mean, we joke a lot on here. We lean into awkwardness, and that's fine. That's part of my my I don't know brand at this point. My life. I don't know. It's a joke at work. I'm an awkward person. Like I I what flat is out a will group of goblins me. called? <laughs> an awkward <laughs> a, a, a gang <laughs> uh, a, a gaggle. <laughs> I don't. Worst know. creature type. I don't. I don't
2: know. Whoa! Well, I, hey, hey! I, I believe it was. Uh, hey, wasn't elf it Right the,
0: there. Oh, sorry. Was that
2: text was... found. Wasn't it two is a party, three is a felony?
0: Yeah, that is true. That <laughs> is actually. Yeah. I
2: can't remember that. There, there's an actual. I can't remember. Is what it? Is it
0: Goblin that. Gathering?
2: Goblin Gathering. It is. Yes. Look, I'm gonna be gathering. honest. I'm an I'm an elf player.
0: I know. Um I remember picking you up an elf card at, at a Vegas event. Yeah. So uh,
1: you know, look, I gotta stay on brand. Uh, but I'll put it this way. Uh for those of you who were in the Goblin War Discord, uh, I'm doing this soon for the Spike Feeder Discord. Uh I am going to present this to Hobbs and Alex. I'm very willing to show up one day to do a fireside chat whether that's uh, in a voice room or just in general and when i say there is no stupid question i'm like that teacher you had in high school who said there's no stupid question and you didn't ask the question but somebody definitely asked something like what if we run out of the sun um and then they answered <laughs> empathetically I- i'm i'm that teacher so i will show up and if you're not comfortable with having your question read on air and its you know, being verbalized, but you feel a little bit safer in the Goblin Lord Discord. Let's do it that way.
0: Yeah, and, and even if it's Alex there and, Hops, and you wanna...
1: if y'all just want to collect some questions too, maybe yeah, some that's people what I was say, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we can we can do this like an actual panel. We can collect questions beforehand, and then we could also do some questions. And this isn't because you know we're trying to put it behind something. A lot of times people, when they hear that it's going to be something in front of a lot of people or that a lot of people are going to hear their question, even though they know it's anonymous, sometimes people still yeah, feel a certain way about it. So this is just a way, and I'm pretty sure, your, your Discord's not only patron, right?
0: Nope, it is not. Our Discord is open to all. There's some patron-only so channels, if but it's open to all. if you're listening to this
1: and you've, you want to know something about trans people, you want to know how to, you know, ask somebody, you know, their pronouns without it being awkward. You want to know if it's okay to ask somebody their ethnic background. You want to understand what the term critical race theory means. It doesn't have to be magic related. I also have a lot of interesting thoughts about magic lore. As far as race, ethnicity, sex, and gender goes, whatever it is that you have ever wanted to learn about when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion, I will answer that question. And, you know, Hobbs, Alex, and I will will have a conversation after the show. We'll figure out when we can do this. Um, Maybe it'll have to be in
0: 2022. Yeah. I have a baby Uh, on the way, they tell me next week. Oh, crap. Fuck, more goblins. (laughs)
1: Man,
0: we are known to multiply making
1: goblins and then kind of yeah. stopped on the elf train so <laughs> things have been a little hard out here for us it's it's been a tough year i understand it's been, it's it's been fair, pretty so. tough out here for the elf tribe uh <laughs> but in all seriousness one of the things that i i really like to do is create spaces where people can learn um it's why i usually say thank you for being willing to listen and learn uh it is a two-step process one being willing to hear what I have to say and two, being able to internalize it and try to add it to your arsenal, you know, to your 99. Um, so I am very willing to do that because, to be honest, if I tried to impart all of the knowledge that I do, this would be like a five hour podcast and then there would be no guests for like a month on the show. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, open invitation. You can also find me at Amanda, T as in taxi, N as in net, S-T-E, V as in Victor, E-N-S, on Twitter. And my DMs are open. Uh, All that I do is ask that you use a modicum of decorum. And I will answer pretty much any question you ever have.
0: And that's our show for today. You can find the host on Twitter. HobbsQ can be found at HobbsQ. And Alex Newman can be found at Mel underscore Send any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to at GoblinLorePod on Twitter or email us at GoblinLorePodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support your friendly neighborhood gobsled, the cast can be found at Patreon.com slash GoblinLorePod. Opening and closing music by Vindergotten, who can be found on Twitter at Vindergotten or online at Vindergotten.Bandcamp.com. Logo art by Steven Raphael can be found on Twitter at Steve Raffle. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Hipsters of the Coast as part of their growing borthos content, as well as magic content of all kinds. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at hipstersofthecoast.com. Thank you all for listening, and remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers.